Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Wisdom Wednesday here at the Preacher's Corner. I'm Pastor Jay, and today we're going to dive in back into Proverbs chapter number 10. We're going to start off in verse number 6, work our way down through Proverbs 10 with our goal of reaching the end of the chapter. So, let's keep that in mind. We'll enter into a time of prayer now, and then we'll get right to it. Father, we are grateful for everything you have done up to this point in the week, Lord. We've made it to the middle of the week, and we know the challenges that we've had to undergo, but we also know that you have been with us this whole way. We pray, Lord, now for a little bit of serenity. We pray that that blessing be upon us to receive of the Word of God today, the richness of of its beauty, Lord, and the, the power of its connection to us, between us and you. So we ask and pray that you will just allow us, Lord, to separate from all things that we've been involved with in this day up to this moment, that we may be able to get alone with you and just worship you in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Here we are at Proverbs chapter number 10. We are going to begin in verse number 6. We'll read down uh, a pretty good ways, and then we'll come right back to looking at some of these sections to see what they say to us. The scripture goes forward to say, Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool brings ruin near. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin. The wage of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, the heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. <laughs> the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is a stronghold to the blameless, but destruction to evildoers. 
The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. (laughs) So, what you have from verse number 6 clear down to verse number 32 is once more a comparison contrast between those who are wise, who are prudent, who are uh, those of the fear of the Lord. There are many different ways that they are explained. They are called the righteous. They are called uh, those who are blessed of the Lord. They are they are known as those who are restraining their lips. So if we consider the righteous, let's just look at those guys for a second. Let's consider the righteous for a moment. As verse number six starts us off with that, it says, "Blessed blessings are on the head of the righteous. And so this sets the stage for us to consider the direction of our life today is because we understand that the difference between those that, that are blessed under the Lord, those that are serving the Lord and faithful to His cause, that are receiving of the blessings, and then there are those who are considered to be wicked. Now, the wicked, as we might think, when we consider wickedness, we think about those that are in prison and those that are that are cruel to others. We think about those at work who are mean and hateful and hard-hearted. We think about those that that don't speak to us, that don't have anything to do with anybody. And, and, and we think about the gossips and the busybodies in the community. We think about all of these different people and we lump them together as concerning being wicked. We put them all together in this little pot and say, well, that's the wicked. The interesting thing about that is that you have been and possibly still are some of those. So within every person, there is a measure of wickedness that exists because you have an old nature. Remember, because you got born again, we lift up our hands in praise and shout hallelujah to the Lamb who who gave his life for us. And so there's no question about the reality of salvation. That's what I'm talking about. But even Jesus knows that once you enter into salvation, you still have an old nature that that you must battle with. And that old nature inside of you, regardless of how it plays out in you, whatever the wickednesses were, you may not have been outwardly wicked as a person who would act out on on things, breaking things, destroying things, stealing things, lying about things, outwardly uh, making up stories and all this other stuff. But we, we look at other people and we call them wicked. Your wickedness might have been more internal. You thought about all these things, but not did not do them. You thought about saying all these things, but did not say them. You you acted out these things in a fantasy world that never once graced the 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 life of reality around you and it's important for you to understand that god looks upon the heart it's not necessarily those activities that we do in the flesh that god has observed but those activities that we've thought in our heart 
For it's understood that there is not one thing that has physically taken place in your life that did not spiritually happen first. Now, let me explain the terms. Those actions that are physical that we take in this life are first considered inside the heart before they are acted on to happen outside of us. The scripture would paint the picture of the difference between that which is called iniquity and that which is called sin. Iniquity is that which happens inside the heart that is thought about, that is processed, that is considered before sin takes place, which is the action of the thought processes, the activity that comes about because you've thought it in your heart. As the Proverbs will tell us, as a person thinks in their heart, that is what they are. It's very important for us to make this distinction that the wicked, in many cases, may not be those that we can personally see with our eyes, but may be those around us who exercise a fantasy world that they've never acted on outside in their reality around them so that they are so wrapped up in the thoughts of their heart that, that they seem introverted, that they seem peaceful, that they seem quiet, that they seem, they seem pleasant enough and, and never to, to harm or bother or mess with anyone. They just kind of keep to themselves. But the whole time they're engrossed in this fantasy world that's inside of their heart, in their mind, and, and they're, they're looking at you and they're acting out all manner of, of things that are going on in their heart. But never once would they, would they say such a thing. Never once would they, would they make an initial action or reaction in real life because of how deep their internal fantasy world goes and there are several people of this nature and so you'll find that there is a great deal of difference between the the, the righteous and the wicked at this point as those that would be surrendered unto the lord rather they're outward in their activities rather they're inward in their activities that, that they stand righteous before the lord as surrendering to his will and accepting of his word to live thereby and on the antithesis to this is the wicked the wicked hiding themselves in plain sight the wicked trying to mask and mimic all things of the righteous that they may be considered by mankind in this life to be righteous and yet the whole time lying to themselves as well as lying to everyone else will be discovered by god in the end so it's very important for you to to search out the matter inside your own heart Ensure that you're not living a double life, but that you're living a surrendered life. Now, let me explain that as well. For a very long period of time, I myself here talking to you lived a double life. Every time I would put on my military uniform, I would switch into a military life that would go out into the field and be the, the biggest wretch you'd ever met in your existence. Uh, very hard, very firm, very, very vocal uh, about the way that the job is going to get done. Very, very uh, vengeful and 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 things not happening the way that that the old sergeant wants them to go. Very, 
very tough uh, to be around in the field uh, when, when, when out in maneuvers and operations. But when I'd come home from that and, and put on the civilian clothes, all of a sudden is the godliest person you'd ever want to meet. <laughs> Just wonderful speech, wonderful activity, wonderful action, sharing the gospel, uh, going on visitations, g- doing everything and anything to be able to serve the Lord and serve the church I was a part of. And, and But as soon as the, the, the uniform would come back on, that person would stay at the, at the house and the, the sergeant would go off to war. And that it was a double life inside of one vessel. Now, Many of us actually do this, and it's it's because of environmental factors. We we as human beings are easily influenced by the environments that we enter into, so that we may consider ourselves a a, a perfectly upright Christian when we're standing in church among other church people doing church things and listening to church music and listening to church Bible and and all things church we it, it's real easy to be real godly in a godly environment surrounded by people that are equally trying to act as godly as you are because that's what you're supposed to do in that particular environment. But then Monday comes around and it's time to go to work. Now, work is in often cases, unless you're out here on your own farmsteads doing your own thing with your own people and, and what have you, but if you're in the factory or if you're in the mill or if you're in at the elevator, if you're if you're you're at the, the different corporation or the different construction agency or whatever it is that you're doing and you get into that environment and you're separated wholly from the godly people that you were with on Sunday, all of a sudden you're in a brand new environment. Now, it's not a brand new environment. You might have been working there for several years, but it's it's this different environment that you begin to engage in and all of a sudden your mindset shifts you're no longer at the godly mindset because you're no longer in the godly environment your mindset shifts and now you're in the work environment and so your language might change just a bit your 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 attitude may change just a bit your your interaction, the way that you interact with others will change just a bit because you've, you've changed environments. Now, this is natural to mankind. This is natural to the human estate because we are chameleons. We, we through our sin nature, have learned to improvise, adapt, and overcome. We've, we've learned to meld into the environments that we are placed in for the purpose of surviving, plain and simple. And that would be in connection to the natural man. But this is not what we've been called to as a child of God. We've not been called to just mix in and become part of. We've been called to separate from 
as the Lord would say through 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, Wherefore come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. So this is kind of where being a Christian is either a reality of your life or it's just something that you do on Sunday. And, and this is where recognizing the blessings that are going to flow from God versus actually being wicked, even though you don't seem that way, is because the child of God is called out from the double life that they've always lived to be sanctified before the Lord and set on a singular path no matter if you're going to work, no matter if you're going to church, no matter if you're going to, to a vacation or, or, or whatever else in the world your life is going into in any particular day, you are on a single track, a single path. And that path is very narrow, by the way. It's not broad to be able to become whatever you need to be able to become in order to be able to do this this thing uh, in order to blend in and not be seen as different, odd, or strange, but that you accept the surrender to that way, which is Christ, and, and to not waver from it so that you are as equal a Christian on Sunday as you are on Monday as you will be on Saturday so that you can roll back over on Sunday and still be the same person yesterday, today, and forever. That your message remains consistent to the gospel, that your life remains consistent to the service of the gospel, that no matter what environment you're in, you're always sharing the gospel, that it becomes your soul. That the very word of God becomes your soul. That it's what you talk about instead of football. That it's what you what you live and breathe instead of any other sport that might be of, 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 of pleasure to you or any other thing that might be enjoyable to you. That the word of God takes that place so that you can bring it into football. That you can bring it into those things that you enjoy. That you bring it into the work environment. That you bring it into... And so that that is where being righteous is going to be divided from the wicked all the rest of this chapter from 6 down to 32. So we recognize blessings are on the head of the righteous for that very cause. Now the memory of the righteous is a blessing. Indeed, because the memory of the righteous will be filled with the word of God, for the service of God, and to interact with the people of God, and to bless those who are not the people of God with the opportunity of becoming the people of God. So indeed, the memory of the righteous is a blessing. But oftentimes, I, I, I have regularly heard as people would interact with me and say, well, it would be impossible for me to be able to remember all of those scriptures the same way you do. I just don't have the memory for that. And yet they can they can tell me all kinds of of football statistics or or basketball scores and, and teams throughout the times and the people that played on the teams they could tell me anything I wanted to know about the thing that they're most infatuated with they could tell me whatever I wanted to know about that. But when it comes to the Word of God, it would just be impossible for them to be able to remember that, and that's not true. The fact is is that something else has taken the the most blessed position in your heart than God's word. That's what's happened. 
if you, if you would dump the other junk and you would fill yourself with the Word of God, you'd easily remember the Word of God. It wouldn't be a problem. But people find it so difficult to retain information from the Bible, retain information from the preaching, because they're so full of all this other information that doesn't matter in the world. It doesn't matter. And that's why. We see that the memory of the righteous is indeed a blessing. We see in verse number 8, the wise heart will receive commandments. So uh, those who just can't remember the word of God or won't take the necessary uh, work that it takes to remember the word of God simply are proving that they just don't have a wise heart because they've they've not been truly dedicated or interested in, in receiving the things of God, the commandments of God. You say, well, we are not of the Old Testament. I get that all the time, and I don't understand why. The, the, the writings of Paul are just as much the commandment of God as the writings of John, as the writings of Revelation, which everybody's enthralled with anyways, as the writings of Proverbs that everybody wanted to hear of. Well, why is it such a challenge when we ask about remembering the Word of God and receiving those things in their heart that they all of a sudden become so frustrated with you? That they all of a sudden say, well, I can't do that. You've got a memory, but I don't have When you can remember all of this other junk. You see, the reality is, is that you don't want to remember and don't get upset because of the truth. Just just, just deal with it. You don't want to receive it. You'd rather have all this other junk in your life than you would the Word of God be in your soul. And you know what? That's that's the blessing of this thing is that God, God has given you over to that reprobate mind. If that's the way you're going to go, God's not going to hold you down and beat you up. God's not going to do any of those things. But don't make the mistake that God's not paid attention to this and that there won't be an answer given to you at the time that is necessary when he meets you face to face. You're standing outside those gates of the New Jerusalem wondering why you can't come in because you didn't invest in the things of God while you were alive. God makes a promise and his promise is sure. And you may well be standing in in that new earth, but you won't be in that new Jerusalem because, praise God, you didn't take the time to invest in the Lord. Why in the world should the Lord take time to invest in you? Was it not said by our Lord Jesus that those who are ashamed of the Father before men on this earth, that the Father will be ashamed of them, and those that deny Him on this earth will stand denied before Him in heaven, and why in the world do you think that you can not care about any of the things of God because of all the enjoyments and pleasures of your own personal life at this given time, and that you're just going to satisfy the, the, the desires of your flesh while you're alive, and that you think that God's just going to be so happy to see you when you die, that you could live a life of a wretch and yet have prayed a prayer at some point in your life so you're just certain that you're going to go on to heaven even though you live like the devil and that everything is going to be great. What in the world gives you that even idea? Where did you get that idea? Does it come from generations of people that that said they were going to heaven that didn't make it there because they carried the same ideal? 
Well, friends, just understand, if it's possible to be able to burst that bubble today, I sure would love to be able to burst it, because that's not the reality. A surrendered life is a life blessed of the Lord. That's a reality. Can you not see the distance between the righteous and the wicked is revealed? These things that come upon the righteous aren't because they themselves have considered some, some form of righteousness within themselves, but that they are a surrendered people, wholly given unto the work of the Lord. As it is required to have the Lord's word in their heart, they have been hungry for the word of God to receive the commandments of the Lord in their heart, to serve the Lord, to be a blessing to the world around them, that they have dedicated their lives, whether they go off to work or whether they go off to a pulpit or whether they go off to a school, they've dedicated their heart to serving the Lord first and foremost above everything else they do. Certainly they're going to be blessed. But to run around acting like you're a child of God, having been baptized at some point in your life and prayed a prayer when you were six, and living like the devil, smoking like the devil, smelling like the devil on fire in the pits of a bar, which is just about equal to hell, and, and, and acting the fool that you can see with these scriptures here, and still think... That God's just going to receive you, that he's going to be thrilled with you, and that it's going to be the best thing, the best day ever when you get to heaven. Man, you got another thing coming. That life ain't going to heaven. You want to live like hell, God will give you hell. And you better pay attention to that reality. Because we, we got some crazy thinking in our world, man. We've got some crazy ideologies that 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 it's just not right and you know the sad part is coming all out of the church <laughs> the church the one place that should be sanctified the one place that should be uh, prepared to serve the lord to live for the lord to grow in the lord to 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 do with the lord the the very one place that that was born of jesus to to exercise the, the evangelism of, all, of the whole world is the principal place that cares nothing for it. But we'll look at the wicked in a moment. And we've got to keep this in mind, that the righteous aren't because they wear a suit, and the wicked aren't because they're, they're in prison. <laughs> we've got to keep this in mind that we stand in the danger zone of being wicked at any given moment with the thoughts that are flying through our heart right now. Oh, save us, Lord Jesus. Save us. The wise of heart will receive commandments. <laughs> and, and verse number nine, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Well, integrity. You live a life of integrity. Have you chosen to do what was right, even when no one was looking? When everybody else is doing wrong, are you willing to take a stand and do what's right? Do you even know what is right to do? For what is right to do is that which is found in the Word of God. Do you know the Word of God to know how to do right? Or is your heart so full of all things of the world that have been decided by the world to be things that are right so that you could act as though you're doing right, even if it's causing harm or pain to others? 
Hmm, something to think about. You know, the world The world says if you're 21, you can go out and just drink yourself into an oblivion with all the alcohol you could possibly buy in a week. But the Lord warns about the, the consumption of alcohol in the excess of being a babbling fool and, and being bruised without, without fightings and all kinds of problems that come from that. So as to understand that being one who is living in a life that would be pleasing to the Lord as being recognized as a righteous before God is not going to get into all of that stuff. Just because the world says it's okay or right to be able to do doesn't mean that God has approved it. Because God is not in approval of, of homosexual lifestyles. God is not in approval of of all of these different things, the mutilations of the body as concerning the perversions of, of this transgender movement. God is not uh, approving of, of alcoholism or drugs and, and intoxications of any sort, but to be sober-minded. God is not an approval of any of these things. These things are not, a, not of the will of God. Why in the world are we doing them? All oh, that's because we're we have this flesh to contend with, and the reality of this flesh is is that it it is a all-consuming fire that that will devour every single ounce of oxygen that can be found in whatever desires and pleasures that it may have. And everyone's wickedness is going to be different. Everyone's wickedness is not going to be the same. They may share in multiple wickednesses, but some people may have wickednesses all to their own. But it doesn't change the fact. So let's look at the wicked. Thus, in verse number 6, as we go back, it says, The mouth of the wicked conceals violence. It says, The name of the wicked, in verse 7, will rot. It says in verse 8, But the babbling fool will come to ruin. Well, no doubt that the babbling fool will bring forth the rotting of the name of the wicked, which is certainly dealing with the concealing of the violence that would be within them to commit. Verse 9, he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Go ahead, try and hide your sin. It ain't going to happen. The scripture also goes forth to tell us that those that, that, that may be sure your sin will be known, right? Your sin will find you out. And thus it says, he who makes his way crooked will be found out. He says, a babbling fool will come to ruin. Are you catching all of this? You see, oftentimes people read these these verses, but they get lost from verse to verse because they consider the connection just of that verse by itself and nothing else. But when you start breaking them apart to recognizing after the comma, all things wicked, and before the comma, all things righteous, to this point, he walks in integrity, walks securely. And the reason why is because he's got a wise heart to receive God's commandments, and thus his memory retains those things that are of the commandments of God, which become a blessing to him. And, and thus it makes him righteous, not because of all the things that he's done of his own will, 
but of those commandments that he has received, that he has remembered, that he has followed. So is the righteousness of God in him, and thus the blessings fall upon the head of the righteous. But we discover that, that indeed a babbling fool comes to ruin because his crooked ways are found out and he, as he babbles along trying to cover up his crooked ways that he brings himself to a destruction because his name will be recognized as, as that which is wicked and bring forth the, the reality that is concealed violence is concealed no more and he'll rot in prison. And that's just how these things connect together. Isn't that something? Thus he comes down and says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Well, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice to be able to speak to people who would bring forth the message of life into your heart? You're having a hard day and somebody just loves on you and shares a little Jesus with you. Or you're having a hard day, somebody finds out why you're having a hard day and then starts pumping up that hard day with, with confirming messages of how hateful the other person is, how wicked they are. They start uh, gossiping, they start uh, babbling on about that other person and how you don't need anybody and how you be your own person and how you're okay by yourself and that you don't have to answer to nobody and that you're somebody special. And all of a sudden they build up all of this this wickedness that, that ends up in verse number 12, hatred stirs up strife. Bam! Now, I know plenty who are in this camp just talking and talking and talking, babbling along, as the scripture would say, prattling with their lips. <laughs> They're babbling on about all things hatred so that they create an environment of hatred around themselves. But look at what it says in verse 12. Love covers a multitude of sin. Hallelujah, love covers all offenses. You know, when Jesus died, it's because the Father's love was so great for you that he was willing to shed his own son's blood just to cover all your offenses and receive you back unto himself. You know, and that's that's a powerful thing because some may have few sins, but but people like me, we had many sins, many, many, many sins. But God was willing to cover them all with the blood of Jesus just to be able to receive you as a child unto himself again. To put you in the right estate, back in the right connection with where you belonged in the beginning. In a fellowship with God. Now that's love. And that covers all offenses. Now, on the lips of him who has understanding, praise God, wisdom is found but a rod. Now, we don't like to think about a rod because, well, let's change that. We don't mind the idea of a rod being applied to other people, but we don't like the idea of a rod being applied to us. He says, but for the, a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. Now, granted, we have this concept of a rod being there for children as they're growing up because in, in a majority sense, they're senseless. <laughs> They need to learn how to make choices. They need to learn that there are consequences of bad choices. They need to learn the blessings of good choices. They need to learn, and sometimes it requires a rod for the learning. But we've been in a, in a society that for several generations now, the, the discipline actions have, have taken such a drastic change from the good old rod to, to considering that to be an act of violence that, that it cannot be used. And so we thought that timeouts would work. And we thought that, 
that threatening a child with if they don't do what we say we're going to count to three would work and we thought that putting them in a in 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 a corner whatever you decide to do we, we thought that that would work ultimately none of it worked so we drug them with ritalin and slam them in front of a tv just to try and keep a little sense of order at some point in time we drop them off at sunday schools and we drop them off at these things just so that we can have a breather and separate ourselves from them because they're a holy terror in, in our home and the reality is they become a holy terror in the sunday school class but but we don't care about that we don't care that that they reveal the true nature of what's happening in our home we don't we don't care about all of that we just want to be separated from those little monsters for a period of time and and we can send them off to school five days a week and allow them little heathens to torture the teachers uh, for that. But then, then of course, we're going to dump them off in Sunday school because we just, we're just not going to discipline them at home. You know, and in all fairness, I mean, I'm not going to be all harsh on that. It's because the government has told you that you can't. And so in, in faithful obeisance to the government, you obeyed all dictates and you, you tried all pathways that they told you to do. And so it just must be ADD or ADHD because the child's just a little bit hyper. So you drug them. And, and that's just what it comes down to so that you can have some resemblance of peace. But this is not, this is not safe, nor is it right. Just use the Word of God in a little common sense, and you'll discover that, that instilling discipline in the child is going to make all the difference in the age to come. But with parents that lack no sense, it's not likely you're going to have children that have any sense. And you say, wow, that is so mean. Well, just read the Word of God. Just, just read these Proverbs and let the realities soak in that there's probably some things that you need to change. Just just saying. Ways that you need to change. Thoughts that you need to change. A life that may entirely need to be transformed by the renewing of its mind to that good and perfect and acceptable will of God instead of following all the dictates of the world. And thus, it comes down to the wise, in verse number 14, the wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool brings ruin near. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, in verse number 18, and whoever utters slander is a fool. There's plenty of slander uttered uh, on uh, Facebook, isn't there? <laughs> There's plenty of slander going around about plenty of topics on, on Facebook and all this social media. And whoever, you know, you see this uh, one who conceals hatred and one who utters slanders, lying lips of a fool. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. <laughs> Amen. But whoever re restrains his lips is prudent. Yeah, because restraining your lips means restraining your words, which means restraining your thoughts. Very important concept there. Tongue of the righteous, choice silver. Heart of the wicked, worth nothing. But needless to say, our, our journey here is done. Uh, let's see if we, we've gotten sufficiently far. And if you have any questions concerning the rest of this chapter, you can go ahead and ask on. 
But uh, next week, I feel that we'll just go ahead and move on to Proverbs chapter number 11 and, and start getting into all things Proverbs 11. So that'll be a thrill. Hope this has been a blessing to you today. Some hard truth, but truth that's needed in our modern day to be able to transform uh, the people of God into becoming the people of God instead of an image that really doesn't match up with Him. Father, we pray that you will bless us, give us wisdom today, that we may receive it to our souls and be transformed by it. We ask that you will bless us in every way, Lord. And Father, we're just thankful in Jesus' name for your kindness, your love, and your salvation given toward us. And it'll be well with our souls to praise you today. Amen. All right, guys, God bless you. Keep your causes face to shine upon you, and I'll catch you tomorrow for 1 Corinthians um, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in 1 Corinthians. Amen. Take care, guys.